Coming up on NRL Teams, it's time to fire up as we reveal the official team lists for week two of the finals. Will Jake Friend and Sonny Bill Williams be fit for the Roosters Raiders grand final rematch? Wayne Bennett's bunnies are aiming to bounce into a third straight prelim final as the Eels sweat on Blake Ferguson's fitness. And can the Dragons save their NRLW season against the Broncos and get one back on the defending premiers? Hello and welcome to NRL Teams brought to you by Telfast. Yes, how good was that shot, guys? of Trent Robinson on Friday night, Robbie Farrow, Brett Camorley. We want to see more emotion like that from the coaches this weekend. Of course, Rob Ober want to win for his Roosters. Otherwise, they are done. The three-peat is over. A big weekend of footy it was in week one. Of course, a record amount of points scored in the NRL era when it comes to first week of the finals. 235 points, an average of 58.75 a game. That's up more than 18 points on last year. The question to you, Robbie Farrow, is why? Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of the new rules. I think they've taken effect this year. Um, the game's a lot faster. I think a lot of fatigue as well. Uh, the fact that we've had no buys this season, I think, you know, the wear and tear over the season, I think the players are, are starting to feel that a lot more and a lot more open space on the field, a lot more broken play. And for me, for me the biggest one, though, is the six-again rule. I think that's placing teams under a lot of pressure and um, a lot of points coming off the back of that. It, it was the best football I'd seen for a long time. All four games, uh, especially in the men's competition, sides were behind, they were able to win. Um, the suffocating of the ruck in, these days is all gone. Um, I, I played in, in the unlimited interchange period where the attacking side was always fresh and fast and playing on the front foot and playing really flat. So uh, I think we just saw on the weekend the best eight sides still left in the competition, which is a bit like Origin. When you've got the best players, the game rises and you get sometimes you get blowout score lines because of the talent, but... There's fatigue, there's the six-to-go rule. It's been exciting. It has been exciting. Traditionally, though, we see things tighten up when we progress through the semi-finals, prelims and grand final. Do you expect this current trend to continue or defensive efforts to get better? Look, in the big games, you'd like to think defensive efforts do get better, but uh, I think it's, it's been a common trend this year with the, the amount of points scored. And um, The thing I really like off the back of the six-again rule, and there's a lot more broken play. I know for a couple of years there, you watch rugby league and every team was almost playing the same. It was always get to a point on the field, put on your block shapes and yeah. the same sort of structure. Whereas this year, it's a lot more free-flowing, a lot more open. Teams are playing unstructured footy and backing themselves. I really like it, so I'm, I'm expecting more points this weekend. OK, and we usually see the best defensive sides going to win the comp. Will that be the case this year, Noddy? You'll see, yeah, the, the two best defensive sides in 2020 are Penrith and Melbourne, and they finished one and two on the ladder. They won the first two semi-finals. They're in, in the grand final qualifier. So it's still a very, very important part of the game, defence. Um, the six-to-go, how many six-to-go calls you give away, the discipline, your kicking game. Um, and, and as you said, like, Fatigue is great. It's unpredictability. Uh, the teams that play ad-lib football, which are probably those top sides as well who are the best defensive teams, are probably the fittest teams. Well, those two best defensive sides have a week off this week. We'll get to the, pre uh, the semi-final yeah. uh, matchups in a little while. But first, let's look back at last week's predictions. The Raiders and the Rabbitohs, both 13+. plus. That's all from here. They've won easily, the Rabbitohs. Full time here with the Raiders winning 32 points to 20 against the Sharks. I think the Melbourne Storm will win uh, by 16 plus. And the Melbourne Storm have done it again. They've beaten the Parramatta Eels 36 to 24.
Robbie Farray. One, two, the last two weeks, just missed it by one just, point. Just missed it. So close, but no cigar. And Noddy, that's probably the closest you've been all year for your <laughs> prediction. Four points off. It's close. Have you got one right this year? Yeah, oh, plenty. Please, plenty. You've got please, a short memory. Very short memory, Zach. You don't Bradley. have it on safe, yeah. but I know you haven't got many. Uh, gents, if you want to hold up the support yes, of you, as you can yes, see here on yeah. set, uh, there yeah. may only be six teams remaining in the men's uh, finals race, but all 16 teams, if you're a supporter, yeah. you can head out to uh, your local Best and Less yes. or bestandless.com.au to grab some merch. Mm -hmm. Now, where's the West Tigers kit? Why have you got the Raiders? Are you on board the Raiders in this finals campaign? I mean, it's still in the factory, mate. We haven't played finals footy in yeah. 10 years, mate. So. <laughs> and Melbourne Storm, they'll be there yeah. to towards the back end of the year, of course, in a prelim final. Well, they definitely are. And the success rate they've got of winning that first week of the final is pretty insane. Craig Bellamy just continues to make the club great. Yep. All right. Singlets, shirts, polos, oh, yeah, PJs, hats, cat, uh, caps, whether you're an adult or a kid, it's all there at best and less. So, all right, the teams are officially in for both the NRLW. But first, the NRL men's week two of the finals. It all kicks off the grand final rematch between the Raiders and the Roosters. The third time these teams will clash this year. It's Friday, 7.50 at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Trent Robinson's Roosters are unchanged in the back line. They could receive a double boost up front, though. Co-captain Jake Friend returns at hooker after missing last week due to a head knock. While Sonny Bill Williams, he has been named to make his comeback via the bench. After starting last week, Freddie Lussick isn't in the 21-man squad at all, while Nat Butcher is 18th man. In another boost for the Premiers, Jared Warira Hargreaves is free to play after escaping suspension for his high shot on Dylan Edwards. Ricky Stewart's Raiders remain unchanged. There's some positive news for the Green Machine, though. Leading into this sudden-death semi-final, inspirational leader Sia Soliola has re-signed with the club for 2021. He's named to start against the Roosters, which will be his first match against the Premiers since last year's decider. The Roosters seem to lose their way in the back end of their first final against the Panthers. Robbie, Jake Friend, a timely return, but why is it so important for the Tricolours? I think defensively he, he tightens up in the middle of the park. He's a leader, he's their captain. Uh, they definitely missed him last week. He's got big game experience as well. So I think yeah, him, having him back in the side is really going to give that side a lift. And um, I think he'll be feeling fresh as well after having the week off after the head knock in, uh, in round 26. And he's proven, he's proven in the past. He returned for last year's grand final, yeah. having played only four games all year. And, and killed it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, led him to victory. Uh, and as Robbie said, I think they respect him. He's their leader. Yeah. He's been at the club for a long, long time. Uh, he, he has that calming influence. He, and you're right, you know, defensively he's still a big part of the play. Just to be able to absorb that pressure, make the, calm, mm -hmm. the team stay calm, you know, defend your trial line, then, then, that, then that's how you just observe all that big pressure. I think it gives them better balance on the bench as well. Uh, last week they carried Lachlan Lamb on the bench as, as cover uh, for Lussick because, you know, not sure if he can get through the 80 minutes. But, look, you're confident that Jake Friend's going to get through the 80. It allows them to have extra running forward on the, on the bench, which I think gives them better balance across the park. All right. Uh, Sonny Bill Williams named in Jersey 17 for his fifth game of the year. He's battling a ne neck injury, though. If the Roosters are up against it against the Raiders, how do they get him into the match? Because when they're on the front foot, he plays great footy. But when they're not... He seems to struggle. Yeah, well, but it's going to be like any bench player. Like, it doesn't matter who's coming off the bench. If you're down by 10, down by 12, and, and the coach goes, ah, oh, mate, you know, go and, go and help win the game for us. It's, it's a hard thing to do. Uh, I think he'll be certainly, as you said, he's, 
he missed last week because of the injury. He'd be fresh. Um, again, I, I think just having Sonny Bill on the bench in your team adds that confidence, adds that, that bit of aura. Um, the Raiders forward pack, I think, are one of the best forward packs in the competition. So he's going to be asked to do some, some, some big tackles, do, ha have a big impact. Um, but I would think having a, a bloke like SPW in your side would add confidence more than hurt your confidence. All right, the Roosters have built their premiership winning campaigns under Trent Robinson off the back of their desire in defence. So let's, let's see what their numbers look like when it comes to finals. This is what their numbers are in finals in those premiership winning years. Last year, just 6.7 points per game. 2018, 7.3 points per game. And back in 2013 when they beat Manly, it was 10.7 points per game. The Roosters, they conceded 29 points on Friday night against the Panthers. Have the back-to-back -back champs lost their title-winning edge? Well, yeah, it's very uncharacteristic for them. 29 points in the semi-final off the back of 60 points the weekend before. So, yeah, it, it is quite concerning you know, for their you know, for their team. I think some of the tries they're conceding are, are so unruly. You just never see them concede those sorts of tries. So, um, look, I think having Jake Friend back this week it will, you know, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, stiffen them up in the middle of the park. But... Look, they, you know, they can't be conceding 20-plus you know, points and expect to win footy games, and uh, that'll be a big focus for them going into this week against Canberra. Of the six remaining teams, the Raiders have the most unorthodox attack. Very rarely, Noddy, do you see them go from edge to edge through their halves to yeah. fullback to centre to winger. Is that a, a strength or a weakness for them up against the Roosters? Well, that, that's a strength in the current situation of the competition because Ricky Stewart then doesn't rely on the, the block plays, the block plays, the half to the 5-8 to the fullback. So defensively, it's a lot harder to look up and know where the Raiders are going to throw the ball. Uh, they've got big powerful forwards to create some momentum for them. Um, the two halves are, are genuine running halves. They're not the traditional ball-playing halves. Um, oh, this was a massive play to, to go into halftime last week from George Williams. Um, George Williams' kicking game can be first class for the Raiders and it'll, it'll build pressure. Uh, if Whiten and George Williams have their attacking or their running game firsthand, then that's certainly going to challenge the Roosters' defence because we saw a few weeks ago George Williams throw the dummy and score against them. Uh, we saw him concede some tries on the weekend from kicks to roosters. So they're all things that the, the number seven for the Raiders can come up with. All right, and that's why you've highlighted him as your game breaker. It, last year they said with Aiden Caesar they were replacing him because they needed the missing piece yeah. to their premiership puzzle. Is he the man? Yeah, I think he is the man. And, and, and you look at the Sydney Roosters, they go out and buy a Cooper Cronk that takes them to that next level because they thought they couldn't win a competition without that prize number seven. Uh, Aiden Caesar unfortunately wore the brunt of that last year, uh, George Williams comes. He's a highly regarded Englishman. Uh, we saw him blow the competition apart when he first got out here. He's running game there against the, against the Roosters, so he's got some strength through the middle. Um, he's got enormous pace from the, to go that length of field off that uh, intercept last weekend. Surprised me how quick he is. And then, as you said, he's not a, you know, he doesn't play the shape and structure. So the, the two running halves, you know, the combination is first class. All right. What about you, Robbie? Who's the game-breaker for the Roosters? Yeah, I've gone with uh, Warrior Hargraves for me, I think. Yeah, he's the leader of their pack. For me, he's almost their inspirational leader. And, um, you know, not just with, with the ball, but without the ball. He brings the aggression. Uh, he hits hard in defence. He, he carries strongly and gets a side on the, front, on the front foot, you know. And we always speak about Tedesco and Kiri and what they do off the back of them. But they can't do what they do unless the forwards are setting the platform. And I think it's a... He'll see this week as a big challenge against, you know, as, as Noddy mentioned, one of the arguably the best forward pack in the comp in the Raiders. So he, he has a big job ahead of him, but uh, you know, I think he'll be up for the challenge and he'll want to lead the, uh, his, his side from the front. So, look, for me, I think he sets a tone and it's a big week for Rhea Hargraves. Papali against Hargraves. How good? Ooh. It would be good to sit back Fireworks, and watch. maybe? 
Oh, I don't miss playing when you talk about those <laughs> ones. Of course, uh, there are still tickets for this match available at the SCG, the grand final rematch, the third time these two teams face off in 2020. Head to nrl.com forward slash tickets or Ticketek to get yours today. Of course, we are expecting it to be a sellout with a reduced crowd. So make sure you get your hands on uh, some of those tickets. All right, the Eels against the Rabbitohs. This is also sudden death semi-final footy at Bankwest Stadium Saturday from 7.50 p.m. Let's look at the home side. Sadly, Marcus Sivo's season appears over, but it could be good news for Blake Ferguson. His might not be. The winger aggravated a knee issue against the Storm and has been named to face South. George Williams, uh, George Jennings rather, starts on the wing in just his second game for the Eels all season. He played six for the Warriors, though. If Ferguson isn't fit, you'd expect Parramatta's Mr. Fixit, Brad Tuckerungi, to be part of a backline reshuffle. Rookie Hayes Dunster is an outside chance of making his debut. Ray Stone comes onto the bench in what will be his second finals match. He replaces the suspended Marata near Corey, who will miss two matches. Wayne Bennett has named an unchanged 17 that overcame an early scare against Newcastle last Sunday. The supercoach dismissed concerns surrounding Damian Cook's ankle injury post-match. That's a huge boost for the Bunnies. The only positional change surrounds Jaden Sewer. He returned from suspension via the bench last week, but he's been named to start with Liam Knight dropping to the interchange. We all know how important Michael Sevo and Blake Ferguson are for the Eels in attack, but Noddy, let's look at their defence. You saw some frailties in that defence on the weekend when they were both were there or in the past couple of weeks. What does the loss of potentially Sevo and Ferguson do for the Eels this week? Well, it makes up whole new combinations. You know, it's quite rare to see Wong and Blake, you, you, one of your defensive centres, get moved from the right edge to the left edge because the Melbourne Storm absolutely cut them apart. So that's a whole new combination coming in. Uh, as you said, George Jennings has probably spent most of... 2020 since COVID returned at the Warriors, so he's, he's under a different system, uh, different format. Um, yeah, and I think it's very scary. As you said, not so much only what the, they bring in attack, Blake and, and obviously Ferguson, uh, sorry, Sevo and Ferguson. Defensively, it's a huge issue. And I, I think South Sydney are the best ad-lib football team probably in the competition at the moment through Cody Walker. So if they see that and they'll find new edges, they'll attack them. Well, I think... South were the first side to really expose Parramatta's defence. I think it was about a month out before yeah. the finals. They beat them 38-0 and made it look easy out on the edges. They, they were all over the shop in defence heels and they haven't fixed their problems since. You know, they've been really poor, especially their right edge, their left edge as well was, was really poor yeah. on the weekend. So I, I think South will be licking their lips this weekend. You know, with the attacking prowess they got across the park and the way the Eels have been defending, um, you know, I, I think South will be confident going into this game. Parramatta are in the playoffs for a third time in four years, but it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for Brad Arthur's men when it comes to this time of the year. Let's look at their recent record in finals footy. Uh, they lost 36-24 to the Storm on Saturday, the same team that sent them packing last year. That was a far less respectable 32-0 loss in Melbourne. In 2017, they finished in the top four but went out in straight sets, again losing to the Storm, then the Cowboys. So they've only won one of their past five finals matches. Robbie, why do you think the Eels struggle so much at the business end of the season? I'm not sure, but it's always been the question mark over the Eels' side. Um, started this year, you know, we asked for consistency from the Eels and we started to see that early on. And you know, They were on top of the ladder and, and convincingly on top. They were easily the best team in the comp early on. 
and they just seem to have fallen away. And it's it's been a part of this Eels side for so long. Uh, the question mark about the big games, you know, how they handle the big games and the big moments. And uh, you know, this year it's it's been the same story against those top eight teams, especially the top four teams. So. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure why. I think it's obviously an issue they've had for, for a few years now. And you go back to that semi-final loss they had down in Melbourne last year, 36-0. Um, and then you know, week one of the finals last week as well. So uh, it's a trend that they'd, they'd have to fix quite quickly. Noddy, why do you think they struggle? They didn't play finals for the, from 2009 yeah. to 2017. They, they had a long time rebuilding, didn't they? The culture of the place had to be torn apart and they had to rebuild again. Obviously, that was some dramas there. If you, if you think about they've, they haven't won anything, they actually haven't won anything since the mid-80s. You're just rubbing it into no, the I, No, seriously. Yeah. Like they, they were the best team in 01. They got blown off the mm. park in the grand final by the Knights. They were the best. They were, again, that, unfortunately, the Melbourne Storm in the 09, I think it was grand final, when they made the grand final, when they went on the hat back of Jared Haynes' run. They're not a side that's consistently been at the top for too long. So I, I, there's a bit of scarring, as you said, from... You know, 2017, they go lose-lose out the back door. They flogged Brisbane last year, but then we know what happened in the week after that. Yeah, thumped by mm. Melbourne. Yeah, thumped. Mm. All right, well, the Rabbitohs, uh, when it comes to momentum, when they're on a roll, they just continue and continue to be on a roll. On the weekend against the Knights, they scored three tries in eight minutes. Then in the second half, they scored four tries in 14 minutes. How were they able to maintain this momentum better than any other team? Well, I think they, they simplify their game. Obviously, Wayne Bennett, who has won seven premierships, uh, they don't beat themselves, so their completion rate is normally pretty high. Uh, their discipline is really good, which keeps them probably a bit fresher. Um, but their momentum from their forwards. Their forwards get them a, a, a great role. And, you know, Damien Cook on the back of that, we saw a few times on the weekend, explodes. Cody Walker um, suits his style of football. He is mm. a great runner. Uh, Nathan Cleary suits his style of football. Ryan Pappenhausen. So the blokes that run the ball over the advantage line. And as you said, Zach, for those periods of matches where points come very quickly, they, they just handle the occasion. They wait for their moments and then they're good enough to, to score quick amount of points. Robbie, if the Rabbitohs get a roll on against the Eels, who's the man that will break the game open? Oh, for, for me, definitely Damien Cook. You know, we, early on, the Eels quite quiet, and I think uh, you know, we spoke about you know, the lack of go forward from his forward pack, but the forward pack has grown and grown as the season's gone on, and Damien Cook's starting to come into games off the back of that. And he, was at his, he was at his best on the weekend, you know, really cut the nice shreds up the middle of the park with his, just his blistering speed. He takes any opportunity he gets. Um, and, and this week, I think it'll be the same thing. He's going to be looking at running at, at any opportunity, and uh, he's my game-breaker this weekend for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, I think he's going to get some good opportunities, as you yeah. said. Like we, we all thought the Souths were a bit light on at the start of the year in the forwards, and they've developed that uh, and found some unsung heroes in some players that we didn't think... Uh, they're going better than what we thought they were going to go, but Damien Cook's been great. The, the Parramatta forward packet, they're going to get the ladies some chances to run out of dummy half. They're going to be left mm. on the ground, and then if their edges are already weak, do they pull a bit wider to help their edges, which then makes Damien Cook play through the middle better. Potentially, and how does that then, on the flip side, what would that mean if, if, if the Eels tire, uh, forwards are tiring, what does that mean for the Eels game-breaker? Yeah, well, I've got Mitchell Moses as the game-breaker. He's got to be the star of the game. Like Dylan Brown, I find, is a very, very special player and pops up all over the park, great support runner, but uh, if you expect Dylan Brown to be your starring sort of pivot, then I think it's the wrong style of football. So I think Moses Moses has to get a lot of first pass. He's got to challenge the line. He's got to take the ball to the line. His kicking game's got to build some pressure. Um, he's going to rely on his forwards getting some momentum. But when they were going great, Parramatta, they also played a lot of unstructured football, a bit of second phase, a bit of offloading to either the one or the seven, which is hard to contain. But I just feel the last month when they went backwards in attack, 
it was all structured, it was all pretty, it was not, not over the advantage line. Yeah, I, I think the, the big thing for, for Mitch Moses this week is his kicking game. I think you've got to suffocate South and mm. not give them opportunities. They're so good in attack, if they're going to get the ball down in your half, they're going yeah. to hurt you at some stage. So you've got to keep them coming off their own trial line for the majority of the game, and, and a big part of that's going to come down to Mitch's kicking game. All right, uh, there were reports over the last couple of days that Ben Cummins could be the referee for Friday night's uh, grand final rematch. Of course, the 6 go call. An email has uh, just dropped. It's official he won't be. Ashley Klein will officiate on Friday night. On Saturday, it is uh, Jared Sutton. All right, can the Rabbitohs continue their roll-on or can the Eels silence their doubters? This match, no surprise, sold out at Bankwest Stadium. So the only way you can watch it is via our broadcast partners. Nine. Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, KO or of course right here on NRL.com or using your NRL, uh, the NRL app using your Telstra Live Pass. Alright, it's time to preview round two of the NRLW. This time it's the Warriors against the Roosters. Saturday 12.30pm, a triple header at Bankwest Stadium. Let's look at the Warriors side first in an interesting winger back row switch. Madison Bartlett and Hilda Peters swap players. What, stop, swap places. Got there in the end. Chantel Stowers starts in the centres. Fatigue and Harry, Harrington and Michaela Peck starts in place of Shania Powers. Let's look at the Roosters. Charlotte Kaslik shifts from 5-8 to fullback to cover the injured Bo Vede Walsh, who is out with a hamstring injury. Kaslik's move to the back sees Captain Corbin McGregor go to the halves with Bobby Law, the fresh face in the centres. Grace Hamilton comes onto the bench for Caitlin Phillips, uh, who suffered a head knock in the opening round. The Warriors were competitive early on against the Broncos in their first round match. They piled on two tries, but after that it was all one-way traffic and their coach Brad Donald wasn't too happy. We've got a really warm and fuzzy feeling amongst the camp, but that um, we're not here to to just make up numbers. We need to make sure that we're, we're accountable for some of the some of the uh, poor decisions that we made, the missed tackles we made out there tonight. And uh, yeah, it was entertaining, but it still wasn't the performance that they could have put together. All right, the Warriors coach not very happy there, Robbie. No doubt you've been in some dressing rooms when you've heard the same words from the coach. Differently though, they're in camp all week around each other, so they'd be mm. walking on eggshells early in the week. But surely that will get a response out of um, his team this week. Yeah, oh, look, I think that's definitely what he's after. And it's such a short competition that yeah, the season's over if you lose this week. So, yeah, they need a reaction. And I think yeah, he's calling them out on some of their fundamental errors, missed tackles, um, in, in trying to get a reaction out of the girls this weekend. So, um, well, I, think, you know, I think we'll see the desired effect. And they're in camp to... You know, together, as, as you said, they're probably walking on eggshells around that, but that's, sometimes that's not a bad thing. You know, I, I personally like that. You know, you get challenged by the coach and uh, you want to go out to prove a point the week after. So it'll be interesting to see how they show up this weekend. All right, Charlotte Kaslik, uh, she moves to fullback and she is used to open space when it comes to the Rugby Sevens arena. So is this even more dangerous prospect for the Warriors? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, I thought she went great as well last week. I had four daughters that sat there and watched all the games and back-to-back. And um, even there was, an, there was an opportunity there. I think she looked like she was going into the old ruck and then turned her back and then popped the offload to who was the fullback last week. But you're right, the kick chase for the Warriors will have to be first class because she's got great pace, um, exceptionally quick uh, and as you said Zach playing in the rugby she, she would have been so used to the big space on the park as well so it's very very dangerous and also Corbin McGregor Corbin McGregor's a great running 5'8 as well so that that probably does make him more a dangerous team 
and from what you saw, Robbie, of Charlotte, she comes up against Elia Green and a couple of the other Aussie Sevens girls. That'd be a huge, they'll be fired up to prove she's not the only superstar here. Yeah, obviously, they've obviously all come over from the, the Sevens and uh, Kaslik showed her quality on the weekend and just her speed and, and footwork was quite remarkable. So, you know, if there was any doubt about her making the transition over to league, I think, you know, that was nipped in the bud on the weekend. Uh, she, was, she was unbelievable on the weekend. So, and, and probably even more open space this weekend with the number one on her back. All right, in the men's, we've got a grand final rematch. In the women's, we do as well. The NRLW grand final rematch between the Dragons and Broncos, also at Bankwest Stadium on Saturday afternoon, 4pm, ahead of the uh, men's final between the Eels and the Bunnies. They lost in round one, and they could still lose some players ahead of their round two match. Jess Surges is battling an ankle injury suffered against the Roosters. Shakaya Tungiai, Maddie Studden, and Keely Davis have also been named despite picking up problems in round one. Shaq's shoulder issue is the most concerning. She's in doubt. While Studden and Davis are set to play through the pain of ankle and rib injuries, respectively, on top of that, co-captain Kezi Apps will need to pass relevant HIA protocol this week before she is cleared to face the Broncos. Elsewhere, Ellie Johnson starts with Aliyah Fasavalu-Farmasili uh, moving to the bench, to the Broncos. There's some good news coming out of Brisbane's casualty ward. Racine McGregor has been cleared of a neck injury and is expected to play. The only change to Kelvin Wright's 17 is on the bench. Tyler Birch has been replaced by Sinead Sezolka, who is also part of the Aussie Rugby Sevens contingent to have joined the NRLW this year. So, Tungiai, Surges, Studden, Apps and Davis all under an injury cloud. As I said, uh, Shakaya Tungiai is the uh, most in doubt of those players. But, Robbie, given it's only a three-week comp season on the line this week, they've got to take risks, don't they? Yeah, I think you do. It's obviously um, a must-win game for them. They lose this week. Uh, potentially, we, we've got our finalists already going into the, the third round. So, the season's over. So, yeah, for me, you take calculated risks. And if, if the girls can get out there as close to 100% as possible. Uh, they're all quality players, so yeah, as a coach, I think you're willing to take that risk. The other thing for these girls is they've played the Harvey Norman women's competition, so they're, they're match fit, they've waited all year to get to the, the NRLW, and they get, as you said, a couple of weeks to play and prove themselves. They've got State of Origin coming up after their grand final as well, so plenty to play for, and this is what they've waited for all season, so you play if you're, if you're able to play. And plenty of hype around the Dragons as well. Plenty of hype around the Dragons. Obviously, they were beat last year uh, in the grand final. There was, they've got some new players. They're in excitement. Uh, you certainly don't want to be the team that finishes last in 2020 after all that hype. All right, not only hype around the Dragons, but of course, as we keep going on about the Aussie Rugby Sevens girls, but Ali Brigginshaw, did she remind us on the weekend that she's still the best in the business? Well, that's why the Broncos have won two competitions already. She's the best player in the competition. Her game management, her control, her composure, and, and, and I really like what they do, the Broncos. They, they play a lot of short passes. It's not, the, as you said, the traditional men's attack or the, the, the old days men's attack where you go block to block to block and you can't do it. So they just play short. They play off the back of what the half Halfback creates a great kicking game. And, and probably what helps her too is she's a giant. She's quite tall. So, you know, it allows you then to take the ball to the line as if you're a runner. And then if the pass comes, then and that, they play great football offer. All right. You can watch all of the NRL and all of the NRLW action this weekend via Nine, Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, KO, and, of course, using your Telstra live pass on the NRL app. Gents, that's almost the end of the yeah. show. So, prediction time. Ooh. Robbie, have you come up with one? I haven't, but um, I think uh, 
I think we'll see a low-scoring game this weekend. For me, the Roosters to beat the Raiders in a low-scoring game, I think. Defensively, they'll be on. Both sides will be on. It'll be a tough grind. Uh, Roosters just have a little bit too much quality and get away in a low-scoring one. So low-scoring? Uh, under, under 36 points. That's oh. not low-scoring. <laughs> yes, it is. We, we saw games... Oh, 20, you scored 58 points, wasn't it, on the weekend? Was there a game 16? under 40 last weekend? No, there wasn't. Well, I think 36 is fair, isn't yeah, it? I'll, yeah. I'll go 34 then. No, oh, I'd lower it by two, please. please. And when <laughs> I say she's a giant, she's a hundred, anything taller than 175 centimetres to me is everyone's a giant. So you've two <laughs> good giants. Um, <laughs> I, I got the Roosters, two fullbacks scoring doubles this okay. weekend. So Charlotte Kaslick and, and James Tedesco will both score doubles. Well, I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Uh, what have we got now? Wednesday's our way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what else to talk about. The show's over so quick. Oh. Wednesday's our way is back tomorrow. Join Katie Brown, Tasha Gale and Alicia Newton for all of your NRLW news. That's from 5pm tomorrow right here on NRL.com. Then Katie Brown will be back next Monday inside the NRL from 5pm. Join Katie, Jamie Soud, Michael Chamis. You can find yesterday's episode on NRL TV. And after my performance today, I probably won't be back next Tuesday. I'm looking forward to our yeah. new host next week, actually. Oh, yeah. write yeah. me off already? Yeah. Okay, one bad performance and you're hooked. <laughs> uh, potentially, uh, I won't be here. Thank you. Enjoy your footy this weekend. You enjoy your footy. Thank you. And of course, at home, enjoy <laughs> the footy. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>